0: All right, everybody, welcome, welcome. Are you happy to be here on Thursday night? Oh yeah! Is there anywhere else you'd rather be? No. No, no. And if there is somewhere else you'd rather be, just stick around a little while, and you'll find out you didn't want to be there anyway. Um, This is the best place to be. We're here every Thursday night. Um, Christian students, we love to get together. We love to break bread together. You're breaking Italian bread together right now. That's that pizza there in front of you. And we love to be in God's Word together to praise God with exultation and simplicity of heart. We're going to continue our topic from last week, which was, do you remember what that was? All right, try it again. What was it again? Reality and community. Man, the brothers got it. I mean, I'm really, I'm feeling that. What was it again? Reality and community. Okay, thank you, ladies. All right, so we're on reality and community, and we're, we're continuing um, that topic, and we're going to be talking about a specific place in which reality and community converge. We're going to be talking about a specific place. But before we do that, I wanted to tell you some of my story. Um, so a long time ago, a long time ago, like, um, I mean, decades ago now, no, not that. I mean, I- anyway, a while back, a while back, I myself, I'm Chris. If you don't know me, I serve here with Christian students. Um, I myself was also a student at the University of Texas. Some of you couldn't tell; you still thought I was a student. It's okay. Um, but it was, a, it was a while back. I was a little itty bitty freshman. Actually, I was, I was a lot. Anyway, I wasn't a little, <laughs> I wasn't a little itty bitty freshman. But anyway, I was a freshman, and. Um, you know, I went from Irving High School, I went from being a, a big fish in a little pond to being a little fish in a big pond. I went from being a big deal, feeling like I was, you know, really cool and clean with it, and, and, and then, and then I, I came here and boy, I was a nobody, I was a nobody. You know, I, I, I mean, my friends were gone, uh, you know, my letter jacket, that wasn't cool to wear anymore. <laughs> It was like leave that at home, you know. I, it it was a different different kind of deal for me, and also things that changed the game for me was I I got saved. I received Christ that literally changed my life. Um, you know, I had grown up in I'd grown up in church, um, but it's possible to grow up going to church and 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 not be a Christian. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. Don't think that darkening the door of a church makes you a Christian. It doesn't. Having the life of Christ makes you a Christian. It makes you a Christian. Having Christ inside. Anyway, I got saved. And you know what I figured out? Boy, I really need some Christian friends. Anybody ever had that thought before? Man, I really sure could use some. I didn't have any. I didn't have any Christian friends. And then I was coming to a new context, new place, new space. I didn't know anybody. I needed some Christian friends. Basically what I didn't want to do on Friday night is I, I, I didn't want to go and live in gross sin. Does that make sense? You ever kind of have that thought like, yeah I'd like to not live in absolute sin this weekend. That was new for me. I, w- I had just become a Christian. And, you know, here at UT, honestly, there's lots of opportunities to uh, be carried away in the flood of dissoluteness. But because I didn't have any, I didn't have many friends, I just, I didn't have many um, alternatives. So you know what I, you know what I ended up doing? I ended up staying at home by myself uh, with me and uh, my best friend X. That's the Xbox. <laughs> it was me and X. It was me and Mr. X. We're, you know, we were we were getting at it. Just me, just me and X. we you know, and then me and Mr. T. That's 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 the television. You know, I mean, we just it was us all weekend. Just me and, and the boys. You know, uh, in 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 my dorm room by myself all weekend long. How exciting and fulfilling and satisfying does that sound? Does that sound good? Oh, full of joy. How glorious, right? No, no, no. That's sad. That's sad. I, be honest with you, I was really lonely. I was really lonely. Uh, waking up, stayed up, uh, you know, crack of dawn, playing. And then, oh, better go to sleep. Wake up, oh, go down, eat by myself, you know. And not that great. And not that great. Here, here was my problem. Here was my problem. In a certain sense, you could really say, and I, and I really do believe, in fact, this was the issue. I was a homeless Christian. I was a homeless Christian. Did I have a dwelling place? Sure, sure. I had my dorm room. Uh, you know, I could kick it, me and X. Um, we could hang out all week. I had my basic necessities met, but I didn't have a home. And I don't just mean that kind of like um, metaphorically. I mean, I didn't have a physical home, a Christian home in which I could be stabilized, in which I could grow and uh, make progress in my Christian faith. I didn't have older brothers and sisters that loved me and and cared for me and, and would invite me over just to be with me. And to hear what's going on and invest in me. I, I didn't have that. I didn't have that. And so as a result, I was... Um, it was like I was lost at sea. You know, just I'm doing my best. Honestly, I'm doing my very best just not to get caught in a life of sin. That was the best I had. Every believer... Every believer needs two things. And I would say even beyond every believer, every man and woman, every human being needs two things. They need reality and they need community. They need what's real. There's a a hole in the heart of man. God put it there. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says He put eternity in man's heart. There's something within man that temporal... Affluence and material things and success and relationships won't satisfy. There's something within man that craves God. Every man needs reality. He needs the reality that is in Jesus. And he also needs community. And what we're going to talk about tonight in God's Word, what we're going to look at, the point... And I hope you get this. I want you to get it from the jump. The whole point of tonight, the point is this. If you walk away with one thing, this is what I want you to walk away with. There is a place. There's a place by God's design. There's a place God has designed in which reality and community daily, continually, and steadfastly converge. There's a place. God's designed, in which reality and community continually, daily, steadfastly converge. They can be found and experienced simultaneously. There's a place God's designed. There's a place God's designed in which the hole in man's heart can be filled up. He can readily find that which beats in the Inmost part of his being that he can't satisfy with whatever he attains. That's reality. There's a place in which the deep-seated longing for fellowship and for acceptance and for belonging that every human being desires and needs, there's a place where that can be, that need can be readily met. There's a place in which reality and community converge. And it's in the homes of believers. It's in the homes of what the Bible calls the saints, the holy ones. It's in the homes of believers that reality and community converge. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the Bible, okay? We're going to look at God's Word, and here's what I hope you'll do. I hope you'll take your current um, cultural understanding of what church is. I hope you'll take that. And I hope you'll take, perhaps you have some, um, some traditional um, understanding of what church is. Perhaps you've been raised in some Christian tradition that has formed you in a good way. It's, it's good. It's excellent. But I, what I would ask is that you would take what you understand church is right now and that you would set it aside for about the next 20 minutes. And instead, you would elevate God's Word above all you already know and say, Lord, i like to read Your Word as if I've never read these verses before. I'd like You to tell me what the church is. I'd like You to tell me what the church does. I'd like You to tell me where the church meets. I'd like You to tell me How often the church gathers, Lord, I confess to you I know nothing. I put it all aside and I come to your word. Will you speak to me from the testimony of Scripture? If we do that for the next 20 minutes, I think this is what you're going to find. What you're going to find is that church is not an event that we attend. It's not something in our schedule. It's certainly not a building that we go to. Church is not a thing that we do. Church is a people that we are. And there's a place, there's a place that really um, brings that home, makes that actual in our experience. When you find yourself having um, church in your home and in others' home, church becomes a people that you are. It becomes Your daily living. Christ is your life, and the church is your living. This is what the New Testament presents. So, that being said, how about let's read the Word? Does that sound good? Does anybody in here like the Bible? Okay, good. That means God is transforming hearts. I don't know, maybe you're like me, I didn't grow up really liking the Bible. I got one, I got a nice one when I was about 12, and that thing sat on my shelf till literally uh, my freshman year in college. I mean, I think I opened it up a couple of times, but you know what I'm saying. I remember carrying it in my backpack, though, and bringing it to meet with the brothers. I was pumped about that. Okay. Okay, let's read the Word. Okay, this is, give you a little setup. this is Acts chapter 2. The church is being formed right here and right now. Um, The first time in all of human existence, the church is coming into being and it's being formed. And Peter has just preached a gospel message. And what we're going to cut in on is the very last line. It's the closing sentence of his gospel message, okay? I want you to listen to what he says. And then after these verses, we're going to get a kind of an elucidation of what the early church life, notice that term I'm using, what the early church life looked like, because that's what you're going to pick up here. Um, The believers in the first century had a church life, okay? So we're going to see what that looks like and where it takes place and how often they gather, okay? So um, let's read verse 40 together, all together, ready, go. Be saved from what? Now this is this is Peter's. This is the initiating gospel message of the church age. For sure, for sure, it says, "Be saved from, uh, be saved from the lake of fire." Right? Isn't that what you would expect? Be saved, be saved from hell. Be saved from eternal perdition. Be saved from your sins. That's what you would expect in this verse, correct? Am I the only one here? That's what you would expect here. But 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 pick this up. For sure, if they're believing in Christ, they will be saved from eternal perdition. They will be forgiven of their sins. But pick up what Peter is saying here. He says be saved from what? This what? How do you think the apostle Peter would describe our generation? What do you think he'd say? I think I at least know one word he would use. Be saved from this crooked generation. What the Apostle Peter is saying is that there is much more to be saved from. We need to be saved from a way of life that our culture has taught us to live. You know what culture does? Culture cultivates. Culture shapes and it forms, it teaches us how to live. And what the Apostle Peter is saying here is that what you've grown up knowing is right and good, and um, like how to use your time and what to do with your money, Um, things that you should do and things that you shouldn't do. What the Apostle Peter is saying is that what you've known all your life is crooked, it's not straight. It's not straight. Is it good that you had it? For sure. We all need a culture to grow up in. But what he's saying is the way of life that you've known, it needs to be corrected and you need to be saved from it. You need to be saved from this crooked generation. If you just allow yourself to be carried on by what's popular, the songs that are being sung, the things that are being watched, the practices that are being had, the thing to do, what's the next thing that I know that I should do? Because my culture has taught me that. The Apostle Peter is saying, you will live a crooked life that you need to be saved from. There's a different kind of life that Acts chapter 2 wants us to be saved into. Okay? All right. So, what's their response? How do they respond? I want to be saved. Let's just say we're there and we say, I want to be saved from my crooked generation. I want to be saved from my age, from the way of life that's been passed down to me. I want to be saved from that. What do I do? Let's see how they respond in verse 41. Let's read it all together. Ready, go. Everybody say, baptized. Baptized. Oh, baptized. baptized. Best One of the best days of your life is the day that you get baptized. I remember, I remember it was halfway into my sophomore year. Um, somebody was speaking a message. It wasn't even about baptism. But what I got out of that was, I need to get baptized. And I called one of the bros, and they took me to a pool, and it was in the middle of December, and I got baptized. <laughs> and you know what? The old Chris Hall, in his ways of living... They got left in the death of Christ underneath those waters. I got resurrected to walk in newness of life. And I want to tell you what, my spiritual life, uh, probably it was doing this before, and I felt like after I got baptized, it went, shoo, it hit another level. And how many got baptized? 3,000. What if our group went from zero to 3,000 in one meeting? Would you be pumped about that? I think I would be too. I'd be doing hallelujah (laughs) backflips. Pretty incredible, right? But get this. This is only the first part of their response. This is part one of their response. How do we know that there's a part two? Because the next sentence begins with and. I want you to underline and. Part one of the response Is baptism. Part two is verse 42 and the verses that follow. Okay? And is part two of their response. Let's read verse 42 together. Ready, go. And they continued steadfastly in the teaching and the fellowship of the apostles and the breaking of bread and the prayers. Okay, what did they do? I love this word. (laughs) Steadfastly has become one of my new favorite words. Okay, I don't know if you know what steadfastly means, but I kind of had an idea, but I didn't really know. So I looked it up. Okay, this is what the Greek word means. I couldn't pronounce the Greek word even if I wanted to. It means adhere to, give unremitting care to, in constant readiness for, to be devoted to. What's their response? I, I, I want to be saved from the way of life that the world has taught me to live. I want to be saved from that. What do I do? Be baptized. And then continually give unremitting care to, be in constant readiness for, adhere to, be devoted to what? What's the rest of the sentence say? Oh, don't just say teaching. Say teaching. 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 You know what the teaching of the apostles is? Somebody have a physical Bible? Grant, hold up your Bible, bro. This is the teaching of the apostles. They were talking and the divine revelation was coming out of their mouth. Do do you get that? This is God. This is God speaking to man. They would talk and, and it would get recorded. For us to read and pray and, and receive life from for the, for the last 2,000 years. This is the teaching of the apostles. But w- wouldn't you think that's worth uh, paying attention to? It's not just teaching. It's teaching. Say teaching. Teaching. Teaching and the, and the what? Fellowship. The fellowship. What you should be seeing right now is reality and community everywhere. They... Continues steadfastly. Who continues steadfastly? Aha! That's community. And they continue steadfastly in in what? In teaching. teaching. You know, teaching, reality and community right there. You know why? For there to be teaching, there's got to be at least two people. There's got to be a teacher and a student. That's reality and community. And And what? The fellowship. Of the apostles, fellowship means joint participation. It's reality in community, converging in what? And uh, the apostles? No, no. What's it say next? After the fellowship of the apostles, the of I know you guys can read. And the breaking of bread. <laughs> and the breaking of bread. This is the Lord's uh, table. Communion, the Lord's Supper, it, it usually involved at this time dinner, an actual dinner, an actual eating together, and also a corporate act of worship, the bread and the cup, remembering the Lord, declaring His death and His return. This is, this is reality, enjoying God together. And what? what what's the last one? Prayers. Prayers. Are, are you seeing reality and community everywhere? I hope so. I hope you're seeing it everywhere. These things they go; they're tied together. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You don't don't just have peanut butter. You want peanut butter and jelly. You know what I mean? Reality and community belong together. They belong together. Okay. So, sorry, Grant. Here's your Bible, brother. Okay. So here's a question: How often? They adhered to, they continued to adhere to, give unremitting care to these four things. How often? And and uh, and and where? Where do you think that that might primarily take place? Let's read, let's read the next verse. Ready? Go. Okay, I've got a, a different translation here. Just see how this uh, kind of jives, kind of jives here. So uh, they continue to fastly teaching fellowship the apostles, bringing the bread and prayers. And um, as often as they felt like it, um, week to week perhaps, as um, long as they weren't too tired, you know. Um, is that what the Bible says? No. no. What's it say? Is this, I mean, this should be like, day by day? I mean, that's kind of, I mean, don't be too much, right? I mean, what what if you, I mean, what if you called your parents and said, hey, I'm I'm like, uh, I'm like, I'm not going to church like every day. They might say, oh, all right. I mean, how's your school doing? (laughs) Right? How often? Day by day? That's every day? Even on Monday? What about Tuesday? Day by day? How often? Well, like every day? You mean like each one of the days? Every single day? What about that me time? I need some me time now. Huh? Day by day. Day by day. Does that strike you? Is that, is that different? Let me ask you this. Is that different from what our culture has taught you is normal? Huh. You're, saying, you're telling me that what our culture has taught us is normal about church is different from the testimony of Scripture. Day by day. Day by day. I love this. I love this. All right, and, and where? 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 where day by day and where like in my house what about your house and y'all's house y'all's house you know literally this can be translated at home at home they met day by day and at home Meaning every single home, because three thousand people just got saved. Though so they weren't all living together, not just like oh you got one home. No, <laughs> at home means everybody's home. That's why they translated house to house. Isn't this incredible? Is that? Isn't that different? Okay, here's my question: Does this sound like enjoyable to you? For some of you, it may be sounding like, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, honestly, uh, you know, it'd probably be good for a while, but I, I just, I can't do that much kind of, I can't do that much Jesus life. You know what I mean? Every single day, a little rough. My house, uh, I mean, my house is kind of for me. I mean, the Lord's house is over there. My house is here. Okay, I want you to read. Let's read the rest of these verses. We're going to read the second part of 46, just after House to House, and we're going to read 47. You tell me if it sounds enjoyable or not. Ready, go. They partook of their food with exaltation and simplicity of heart, praising God and having grace with all. When is the last time you partook of food with exaltation? When's the last time you had a meal like that? I can't even think of one. When's the last time, oh, praise the Lord, Woo! Hallelujah! I'll take another slice. Can you imagine? Can you imagine having a a meal like that? Partaking of food with exaltation. (laughs) Yes, hallelujah! I'll take another one. Thank you. Pass the potatoes. Can you, can you imagine? Partaking of food with exultation and what? What's the second thing? Simplicity. Simplicity of heart. Oh, man. Not concerned about, oh, what did that text mean that so-and-so sent me? I just, I can't let go of that. And why'd they look at me that way? They gave me that look earlier. So and so bought the same shirt I got. I don't like that. And this food, this food's not that great. I don't. Simplicity of heart, simple, full of exultation and what? Full of praise to God, and and having grace with just a few people who are exactly like you. Is that what it said? Having grace with who? All the people. All the people. What about the bros you don't like? I mean, ain't there some bros that kind of get on your nerves a little bit? Any kind where you came from. Not the same status, not the same lingo. There's some kind of people that get on your nerves a little bit. Having grace with them too? Does that sound good? Okay, I hope you remember this forever. Christ and the church is better. Christ and the church is better. Christ in the church is better than any enjoyment the world has to offer. There's better wine, so to speak, in Christ in the church than anything the world has to offer. It's better. I, uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God loves us too much, too much to allow us to just uh, be... To allow us to just drift away in the current of the age. He loves us too much. What He wants for us is a life full of better joy, full of better pleasure, full of divine wine. He wants for us Christ and the church. He wants us to have Christ as our life and the church as our living. That's what He wants. Where is that found? Where does it, where's it take place? In the homes. Okay. There's three points here. These are three of what I would call basic blessings. They're foundational benefits of having a Christian life that's found in the homes of older believers. both your home, their home. These are three basic foundational blessings, benefits of having a life that takes place. Um, almost like every day, day by day, and house to house. Okay, number one is every need is met. Let's all read that together. Ready, go. Every need is met. Where can every need that you have be met? You know, you may have a, uh, you may have a question. You might have a question, a theological question. You might have a question about life. You might have a question about how to do your taxes. Those can't get answered in this meeting. Uh, If you raise your hand and ask a question about taxes right now, you're not going to get your need met. Why? Because this is a certain kind of meeting here. That need cannot get met here. But every need can get met in the homes. You know, there are are times when you genuinely need to have heart-rending prayer about something that's going on in your life you need to have what I would call real tea, real talk. (laughs) You need to have real talk and you need to have real prayer. Where's that going to happen? How easily is that going to happen in this meeting? There might be times when you need to, uh, especially maybe around finals, especially after you graduate, There might be times where you arrive on Friday night and you just need to collapse. You need to, I had a really hard work and I just need to, I'm telling you, it's coming. I just talked, I just talked to one of the bros that graduated. He was like, man, I wish I could go back to being a student. (laughs) There might be times when you need to collapse. You know where the world goes to collapse? Sorry to say they go to a bar. Oh man, tough week. Woo. I need to collapse. I'm going to the bar to be with people that I don't really know and to drink a different kind of spirit. You know, I mean, hard to blame them if, they, if they're not drinking the spirit. It's hard to blame them. Where do you go when you need to collapse? I hope you go to the homes of older, mature believers. Okay, point number two. Let's read it together. Ready, go. Greenhouse for a, a greenhouse. What's that mean? Probably, maybe nobody in here can really give us a good definition of greenhouse other than Brother Paul back there. But, but I, I want to ask him to give us one. I looked it up on Google. I'm going to read it to you. A greenhouse. A greenhouse. I think I really enjoy this one. Boy, this is good. You're going to like this. <laughs> a greenhouse is a structure enclosed and used for the cultivation. of or protection of tender plants. (laughs) Isn't that good? A structure enclosed and used for the cultivation or protection of tender plants. You know what I was when I arrived here as an 18-year-old from Irving, Texas that didn't know hardly anybody or anything and didn't even hardly know my spirit. You know what I was? was The tender plant. You know what I needed? I needed cultivation and protection. The homes are, the homes of the believers are a greenhouse for spiritual growth. I want to tell you this story. There's a home meeting, okay, and a group of bros around the table, and they always have a great time. The brother's there, the, the husband, man of the house, he's there, the fellowship and in the Word, it's always a good time. He's always got a question. He comes with a question, and the bros fellowship and talk and talk. And, you know, wife, wife and the kids, they're they're just, they're always in the background. You know, small children, got to go to bed. Somebody's got to put them to bed, you know. And so the wife, she's, she's just not that much in on the action. She's not that much in on the action. But, but they're there and, man, it's another week and they're having a great time of fellowship. And the man of the house, he says, brothers, we have a good time here, don't we? He said, yeah, man, we always have a good time in the Word and fellowship, so good. He said, yeah, we have a good time here. You ever wonder why we have a good time? Why, why do we have such a good time here? Good time of fellowship. Good time of opening up and talking and being in God's Word. Why do we have such a good time here? After a while, he told him. He said, brothers, when you're not here, when you're not here, my wife prays for you. She mentions you by name. You know, brothers, she's never here at this table because she's taking care of our kids and she's putting them down. And, but I want to tell you why we have such a good time right here. Because I hear my wife mention your name before God. You know, what happens when we enter into the homes of the believers. We enter into their hearts. We enter into their lives. And you got little brothers and little sisters who are never going to be on some poster board. They're never going to be on a billboard. They're never going to speak a message to a million people. But when you enter into their homes, you enter into their hearts and they pray for you. And then you wonder, man, wow, this is an excellent semester. I just grew so much. How did that happen? You were in the greenhouse. You were in the homes of the saints, and they interceded on your behalf. Number 3, let's read it all together. Ready to go? A pattern, of living Christ is A pattern is imprinted on us. A pattern of living Christ in our daily life is imprinted on us when we're in the homes of the believers. I'll give you an example. My senior year, I was staying the night at uh, one of the couple's houses who's involved with their club. Um, They've got alumni and their family, and they open their home for students, and I was staying the night there. They They had some sons that were basically all my age. And I was staying the night there, and you know, I woke up, I'm just going to tell you, generally in college, I woke up pretty early. I was, a, I was an early riser. I had to be because I had uh, responsibilities early in the morning that I had to take care of. So uh, 6 a.m. was very normal for me, and earlier than 6 a.m., honestly, was very normal for me. That's just, just what it was. It was just my schedule. Um... That wasn't that the way that all my life's always been, but that's what it was, okay? And you know what happened? I stayed the night on Friday night. Saturday morning, I woke up, um, like I usually do. And I woke up, and I started treading downstairs, and then I heard something. I heard the man in the house on a couch in the corner of the house. He had his Bible open, and I heard him praying over God's Word. Saturday morning. He's worked all week. I got up early and guess who was up before me with his Bible open praying over God's Word that, it, that affected me. That imprinted, that imprinted a pattern on me. Um, what do I want the brothers at my house to find me doing when they wake up? I want them to find me with my Bible open, praying over God's Word. That happened. That pattern got imprinted on me because I was in the home of that brother. I'll give you another one. Um, I was at a home one Friday night. This was a little later. This was after I was already serving. And I was in a home and... um, We'd already gotten everything going and dinner was ready, and um, the wife of the family came in. she had just gotten home. You know where she had just gotten home from? Work. work. she had just gotten home from work. We were already there. She'd had a long day of work, and not just a long day of work, she had a long week of work because she's a young mom and she has a full time job. And so she's had a long week long day and what she comes home thinking what she comes home thinking is not woo now it's time for me i saw her come home and i recognized that we were there and the way she came in and began to interact she went upstairs she got changed she came back to be with the students and to talk to us find out what's going on with us and I just realized, I realized what was going on. She left the room, and then I talked to the, I talked to the brothers at the table. I said, brothers, I hope you recognize what's going on here. I asked them, how many young moms who have full-time jobs do you know that come home on Friday night and say, I want my home full of young believers? This is what I want to do with my energy and my time in my money, I want to I want to hold a big dinner, and I want younger believers to be in my home on Friday night. It's been a long work week, and I'm ready to enjoy Christ. That was a pattern. That was a pattern. Um, okay, time to wrap up. Good news is, I didn't stay lonely forever. I didn't stay lonely forever. Actually my senior year, my senior year there was a family. There was a family in our fellowship who told me, "You know what? Every every Sunday afternoon, if you don't have a place to eat lunch, you plan on eating with us. Plan on eating with us. Every Sunday. You don't have you don't have plans? You're going to go eat lunch by yourself? You plan on coming to our home and eating lunch." That to me, that to me was The utmost expression of acceptance and belonging in the family of God. It just meant the world to me. So, what I hope you do is I hope you'd talk to your neighbor before we wrap up here and say, Hey, where do you go? Because I want to go home with you. (laughs) What? Hey, I, I I hope you would say, I hope you would say, Hey, where where are you going Friday night? How many of you have a home to go to Friday night? Raise your hand. How many of you got a home to go to Friday night? Look around the room. Look around the room. If you don't have a place to go, I hope you find a home. Okay, let's pray. Then we'll get in our groups. Then we'll come back and have a little fellowship. We'll open it up for everyone, okay? All right, I'm going to pray, and then we'll get in our little groups in fellowship. Lord, thank you for this time. Amen. Lord, thank you for the homes of the saints. Amen. Or make us people planted in God's house. Amen. Or we'd be right in the right place. Amen. Or reality and community converge. We love you, Lord Jesus. Amen.